Hey, it's Kimberly, host of the Start Me Up podcast. If you like your politics with some loose talk and salty language, you're going to love my show. I interview the coolest people like Mary Trump, Kathy Griffin, and DNC chair Jamie Harrison. The Start Me Up podcast has an easygoing, casual style and a strong emphasis on left-leaning politics. We also have frank discussions about sex and more than a few spirited rants. Just visit patreon.com slash startmeup or wherever you get your podcasts and start listening today. This episode of Muller She Wrote is brought to you by Crest. The Crest 3D Whitening Kit removes over 10 years of tough set-in stains to give you noticeably whiter teeth, 100% guaranteed. For $20 off your first Crest Whitening Strip Kit, go to CrestWhiteSmile.com and enter promo code AG at checkout. And thanks to the app called Neighbors by Ring for supporting Muller She Wrote. If you want to see what's going on in your neighborhood, text AGPOD to the number 555-888 to download the Neighbors app today. That's AGPOD to 555-888. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That, that's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, the, our position is. I'm not aware of uh, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have not have communications with the Russians. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Hello, and welcome to Mueller She Wrote and our special coverage of the redacted Mueller Report. I'm your host, A.G., and with me today are Jaleesa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. So today we're going to go over Volume 2, Section 2, Part D, the evidence and analysis of obstruction of justice surrounding the removal of the director of the FBI, James Comey, uh, who is or is not our homie. We haven't <laughs> determined yet. We haven't seen the IG report. Yeah, to be or not to be our homie. Totally yeah. Hamlet that In a that decade, shit. we'll reflect with more... Clarity. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, this is going to cover pages 62 to 77. So if you want to pause and go read or read along with us, either way, uh, that's fine. Uh, however, you know, you do you. Uh, so let's get to it. Um, as in previous subsections, I'm going to skip the overview because all of the details will be revealed in the evidence and the analysis sections. So middle of page 62, we open. Comey, interior, testify. No, we open with Comey <laughs> testifying to the Senate Judiciary Committee and declining to answer questions about whether Trump was under investigation. We talked about this in previous sections. So on May 3rd, 2017, Comey was scheduled to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee. McGahn recalled that in the week leading up to the hearing, the president said it would be the last straw if Comey didn't take the opportunity to set the record straight by publicly announcing the president was not under investigation. Uh, the president had previously told McGahn that the perception that the president was under investigation was hurting his ability to carry out presidential duties. And that's important. We'll find out why in the analysis. So at the hearing, Comey declined to answer questions about the status of the Russia investigation, stating the Department of Justice had authorized him to confirm that Russia, the Russia investigation exists, but that he was, quote, not going to say another word about it uh, until the investigation was completed. So Comey also declined to answer questions about whether investigators had ruled out anyone in the Trump campaign at, as potentially a target of the criminal investigation, including whether the FBI had ruled out the president of the United States. So and we, we've talked about this. Comey was like, I'm not going to tell you 
So stop. Mm -hmm. And he was also asked about his decision to announce 11 days before the election that the FBI was reopening the Clinton email investigation. Mm -hmm. He's very like uh, Mueller in that sense. Yeah, they seem that seems to be like a part of their position as FBI director to be like, I'm not going to tell you anything. It's the norm for me to not to have to tell you anything. And they think this whole thing is ridiculous that they have to do things like testify. Yeah, I think that Comey might have been a little more political. Uh, or at least more had a, at least had more yeah more Im- more impact on politics than than Mueller mm-hmm. did. It's a bit of a tap dancer. Aww, that's no really tap cute. dancer. Sorry, he should be on Dancing <laughs> with the Stars. Oh, yeah, let's get Comey on there. All right, replace Spicy. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. I'd watch that. Um, so Comey stated that it made him mildly nauseous to think we might have had some impact on the election but added that even in hindsight, he would make the same decision. He later uh, repeated that he had no regrets, no regrets about how uh, he handled the email investigation and believed he had done the right thing at each turn. Yeah, he got a tattoo. No, yeah, no regrets. No, no regrets. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know that he did the right thing at each turn, but I think he probably did the best thing that he could given two shitty or three shitty options. Totally. Uh, but and again, we don't know because we still haven't seen the uh, IG report about the wiener laptop handling of the wiener laptop within the new york fbi field office that was due out last year i don't know why we haven't seen it yet but uh, Mm -hmm. it it worries me that we haven't Mm -hmm. and that that tells me there's that it's you know good yeah Yeah. i would imagine if they're taking this much time to they're trying to hide it because it it it's detrimental to trump interesting that's what i think i I, that's what i think those are beans though i don't know for sure we just haven't seen the report Mm -hmm. yeah the DOJ always is so boring, though. There's, like, a reason that's like, eh, you know, it wasn't, didn't prove anything that I feel like the public should really see. True, and that true. could also just be the truth, but I don't know. He's cooler. not to be trusted at all, so I'm kind of more on your side. Yeah, yeah. We should make it into a comic book. I'm thinking, like, a Comey book, like, Sanctimonious Choir Boy. <laughs> His superpowers. Superpowers. Blending in with curtains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like a lizard. His invisibility cloak. Yeah, what do they call him? Chameleons? Yep. Yeah, there we go. Comey, 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 Chameleon. <laughs> okay, after Comey's testimony, the president met with McGahn Sessions and Sessions' chief of staff, a guy named Jody Hunt. And Trump asked McGahn how Comey had done, and McGahn said Comey declined to answer questions about whether the president was under investigation. And then Trump got real mad and directed his anger at Sessions. According to notes written by Hunt, uh, the president said, This is terrible, Jeff. It's all because you recused. AG is supposed to be the most important appointment. Kennedy appointed his brother. Obama appointed Holder. I appointed you and you recuse yourself. You left me on an island. I can't do anything. <laughs> you ever seen uh, The Walking Dead, the show? Uh, I, the first few seasons. Oh, man, there's a scene where uh, one of the characters, like, she gets slapped because her, I guess, authority figure or whatever, like, the person in charge of her is mad at something that has nothing to do with the character, and she just turns to her and slaps her. <laughs> and I feel like that's what's happening right now with Trump. <laughs> Only Walking Dead, like, I guess fanatics would get that. Scene, but like, yeah, she just like takes her anger out on her, and I feel like Sessions, as much as he's you know a racist possum, is just getting slapped right now for something that has nothing to do with him, really. Besides, you should take over Talking Dead since Chris Hardwick got me to. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, I nominate Julissa. Nice. Uh, Trump just, is sorry. Go ahead. Trump is also really bad at parallelism in that example because he starts off with a. This guy gave his and what is it called? Appointed. <laughs> he yeah, appointed yeah. his brother. And then this other dude appointed not his brother. <laughs> this other guy appointed also not his brother. It's like, you're not really making any point there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's your point? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he was mad because apparently he thought Holder was Obama's buddy and they were in cahoots. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there, there, there's yeah. no other parallel besides his, his incorrect thinking. Yeah, I get what he was going for, just not well executed. Very, exactly. Very not well executed. And so he, he, felt, he felt like... Um, 
that Jeff recusing Jeff was unfair. It was interfering with his ability to govern, to do his president job. And uh, it, it, would under, it was undermining his authority with foreign leaders. Not that he's a total dumbass, but this particular thing. And uh, Sessions responded that he had no choice but to recuse, and it was mandatory rather than discretionary. Uh, Hunt recalled that Sessions also stated at some point during the conversation that it would be great, a new start at the FBI, it'd be appropriate, and the president should consider replacing Comey as the director. Uh, according to Sessions, when the meeting concluded, it was clear the president was unhappy with Comey, but Sessions didn't think the president had made the decision to terminate Comey at that point. Bannon recalled uh, that the president brought Comey up with him at least eight times on May 3rd and May 4th. Uh, and according to Bannon, the president said the same thing every time. He told me three times I'm not under investigation. He's a showboater. He's a grandstander. I don't know any Russians. There was no collusion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got to look in the mirror and say, you're not in in under investigation three times. <laughs> And Mueller appears. <laughs> Hello. Does he really think that he does he believe that he doesn't know any Russians? I don't know. Maybe they're convincing themselves. I like, guess. Does he really believe that in his head? Under technicalities? Yeah, I guess. Friggin' Miss Universe. Like, I don't know them that well. I don't How really... many? 84% of his properties in Florida were sold to Russians? Like, yeah. He's like, I don't know their kids. Rob Lovelov <laughs> bought his mansion in Florida. Whatever. I don't think like. Like the probability of anyone in this country not knowing a single Russian is also just like so Very small. True. I don't know if I know any Russians now that I think about it, but I'm sure I do. I don't know. I, I mean, do. people aren't Russian like, Americans I'm a Russian, and... you know? Exactly. Yeah. But with the Mueller report, it's just, yeah, very, very focused. 200 on that. pages of you knowing Russians. Totally. Um, so, yeah, no. Uh, and then he would say, there's no collusion. They would end with that every time. The eight times he spoke to Bannon. And Bannon told the president he could not fire Comey because that ship has sailed. And Bannon also told the president that firing Comey was not going to stop the investigation, cautioning him that he could fire the FBI director, but he could not fire the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. One who who told rare, him that? Oh, it was Bannon. Yeah, one of the rare smart things that that guy says. Yeah. And he didn't, and it, uh, yeah, I guess all of the motherfuckers that he said along with it weren't included. Uh, on to subsection two on page 64 when Trump makes the decision to fire Comey. And we know all about this. The weekend following Comey's May 3rd, 2017 testimony, the president traveled to his resort in Bedminster, New Jersey, where he makes all of his bad decisions. And at a dinner two days later, uh, attended by the likes of Kushner and Stephen Miller, what a gem, that uh, Trump said he wanted to remove Comey and had ideas for a letter that could be used to make the announcement. President dictated arguments and specific language for the letter, and, and Miller took notes. Uh, as reflected in the notes, the president told Miller, uh, Mueller has these notes, by the way, and as reflected in the notes, uh, the president told Miller that the letter should start, while I greatly appreciate you informing me that I am not under investigation concerning what I have often stated is a fabricated story on Trump Russia pertaining to the 2016 presidential election, please be informed that I... Uh, uh, what? Please be informed that I, and I believe the American public, including D's and R's, have lost faith in you as the director of the FBI. So <clears throat> here it is, letter ever. Yeah, poorly written. And poor, uh, I don't know if it was dictated weirdly or spoken weirdly. Probably yeah. both. Yeah, I don't like D's and R's. Yeah, yeah that wasn't <laughs> a compliment sandwich either. That was just like shit all over. Yeah, yeah, and a big giant lie in the beginning. Totally. Uh, well, he uh, Comey actually did tell him before he was personally under investigation that he wasn't personally under investigation. Right, but the way that he worded it was so petty. Yeah, I know. And after the meeting, Miller prepared a, a letter based on those notes uh, and some re research he conducted uh, to support the president's arguments. And over the weekend, Trump uh, provided several rounds of edits. 
Miller said the president was adamant that he not tell anyone at the White House what they were doing because he didn't he, he was worried about leaks. So in his discussions with Miller, the president made clear he wanted the letter to open with a reference of him not being under investigation. And Miller said uh, he believed that fact was important to the president to show that Comey was not being terminated based on any such investigation. And according to Miller, the president wanted to establish as a factual matter that Comey had been under a review period and did not have assurance from the president that he would be permitted to keep his job. The final version of that termination letter prepared by Miller uh, began in a way that was closely tracked to what that closely tracked to what the president had dictated in the first place. It said, Dear Director Comey, while I greatly appreciate your informing me on three separate occasions that I am not under investigation concerning the fabricated and politically motivated allegations of a Trump-Russia relationship with respect to the 2016 presidential election, please be informed that I, along with other members of both political parties, he took out the D's and R's, <laughs> uh, and most importantly, the American public have lost faith in you as the director of the FBI and you are hereby terminated. Is that how all directors are terminated with the FBI? Like, do they always say we have lost faith in you? Like, goodbye. Like, the weakest link. Like, it's so weird. <laughs> you just you just don't hand them the rose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, the letter's pointless because he found out on the television. Exactly. <laughs> he never got that. He letter. was still licking yeah. the envelope. Like, God damn it! <laughs> just tweet it, man. So, yeah, someone leaked it again. Uh, so this um, four-page letter, uh, Trump and Barr are big on four-page letters, went on to critique Comey's judgment and conduct, including his May 3rd testimony before Senate Judiciary uh, and his handling of the Clinton email investigation and his failure to hold leakers accountable. The letter stated that Comey had asked the president at dinner shortly after inauguration to let Comey stay on in the director's role, and the president said that he would consider it. But the president had concluded that he had no alternative but to find new leadership for the bureau, a leader that restores confidence and trust. So that's pretty much... That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To balance that restores out Trump, trust and confidence in the because the person uh, helped you win the election, <laughs> and that's why you need to fire them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and to, to blame him for the, the handling of the Hillary emails, which Trump loved the way he handled the Hillary emails. Of course. Trump that, was probably president because of the way Comey handled right, the Right, yeah, Hillary that's emails. my point. Yeah. yeah. It, it's just, it's absolutely a ridiculous charge. It was a bold move. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, he goes for the opposite. It's opposite day in the White House <laughs> every day. Yeah, it's like their reasoning for the citizenship question. Exactly. Wow, I'm sensing a pattern. Oh, huh. yeah. mm-hmm. Hmm. That'd be great if he was like, Comey, I have to fire you because of the Voting Rights Act. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like you. I don't like your face. You're too tall. <laughs> you make me look short. You're fired. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll be right back. Thanks to Crest for supporting our special coverage of the Mueller Report. The Crest 3D Whitening Kit is the perfect way to whiten your teeth and make the most of your smile. As I'm sure you know, all of the food and everything we drink we ha- over our entire life takes a toll on how our teeth look. And I found that Crest White Strips are the most effective way to whiten your smile. They remove over 10 years of tough set-in stains from coffee, smoking, drinking red wine, and it's the number one dentist-recommended teeth whitening system as well. Uh, you all know how important our, uh, our time is to us. I know you guys are busy. I'm super busy. And the Crest whitening system is so convenient. There's, first of all, no messy gels, which are gross to me. There's no trays. Uh, you can apply it in the comfort of your own home. There's a no-slip grip on the strips so that the white strips allow you to, you know, talk or drink water while, you're, while you have them on. And it includes this LED blue light to help you really target stains brought on by years of food and 
coffee. So the ingredients work faster and they work better than with just the white strips alone. It's the same LED light technology used by dentists, but without the price tag or the trip to the dentist's office. It's guaranteed to deliver 100% noticeably whiter teeth, and if you're not satisfied, you can get your money back. I didn't think anything could kick the decades of coffee stains off my teeth, especially having been in the Navy because we drink like 800 cups of coffee a day. But this new system with the LED light targeted those stains and my teeth are at least two shades wet. I would argue three shades whiter, and, and that's important to my confidence. So you can order your first Crest 3D whitening strip kit with patented blue LED light online today and receive a special offer of $20 off. Go to CrestWhiteSmile.com and enter promo code AG. Free shipping is included, and that's $20 off, guys. That's your first Crest 3D whitening strip kit when you go to CrestWhiteSmile.com and use promo code AG at checkout. All right, guys, welcome back. We left off. Uh, interior. Uh, <laughs> Oval Office. No. Morning of Monday, May 8th. Uh, isn't, that, isn't that your birthday? It is my birthday. Isn't that your husband's birthday? It is. It's my husband's birthday, too. <laughs> the 8th of May, National Outdoor Intercourse Day. Oh, that's right. Which most people say is May 1st, but I disagree. Interesting. I, I think How did that dispute May. arise? Uh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> May the 8th be with you. Yeah. So here we are. Morning <laughs> of Monday, May 8th, 2017. President met in the Oval Office with senior advisors, McGahn, Priebus, and Miller, among others, and informed them he had decided to terminate Comey. President read aloud the first paragraph of the termination letter that he wrote, that Miller, you know, uh, wrote, but, you know, he dictated, and conveyed the decision had been made and it was not up for discussion. The president told the group that Miller had researched the issue and determined the president had the authority to terminate Comey, terminate Comey without cause. And in an effort to slow down the decision making, uh, McGahn told the president, like, slow down, <laughs> uh, that the DOJ leadership was currently discussing Comey's status and suggested the White House counsel's office attorneys should talk with Sessions and Rosenstein who had recently been confirmed as the deputy attorney general. We called him Snoop Dagg, but then he turned out to be a jerk. Uh, so now he's just Rosenstein. So McGahn said that, uh, that previously scheduled meetings with Sessions and Rosenstein that day would be an opportunity to find out what they thought about firing Comey. So he's like, just hang on a minute. <laughs> I don't know why he sounds like an old Southern plantation owner to me. <laughs> uh, at noon, Sessions, Rosenstein, and Hunt, Jody Hunt, met with McGahn and in the White House Counsel's Office uh, and one of the White House Counsel's Office attorneys named Udom Dillon. And they met all at the White House. And McGahn said the president had decided to fire Comey and asked for Sessions and Rosenstein's thoughts. And they criticized Comey and did not raise concerns about replacing him. McGahn and Dillon said the fact that neither Sessions or Rosenstein objected um, to replacing Comey gave them peace of mind that the president's decision was not an attempt to obstruct justice. I guess they were expecting, like, if Sessions and Rosenstein went, no, 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 mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and an Oval Office meeting was scheduled later that day so Sessions and Rosenstein could discuss the, discuss the issue with the president. So around 5 p.m., Trump and several White House officials met with Sessions and Rosenstein to discuss it, and the president told the group he watched Comey's testimony and thought something was not right with Comey. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Mr. Uh, I am God. Yeah, right. Uh, we can start, instead of pot in the kettle, we can say Trump in the Comey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so the president said that Comey should be removed and asked Sessions and Rosenstein for their views. Hunt, who was in the room, recalled that Sessions responded that he had previously recommended that Comey be replaced. He's like, I told you already. And uh, McGahn and Dillon said Rosenstein described his concerns about Comey's handling of the Clinton email investigation. So that's mm -hmm. what that's what Rosenstein said. And the president to then the he just freaking goes with the flow, dude. Yeah, he's, he has no backbone. He's a withery, he's the wispy. Paul Ryan of the DOJ. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And it's just yeah, he just bends with whatever whoever he's in front of. 
And uh, the president then handed out copies of the letter, and the discussion turned into the mechanics of how to get rid of Comey and whether the president's letter should be used. McGahn and Dillon urged the president to permit Comey to resign, but the president was adamant he'd be fired. So here's some, here's some you know, objections. The group discussed the possibility that Rosenstein and Sessions could provide a recommendation in writing um, that Comey should be removed. And the president liked that. He's like, yeah, yeah, you come up with the reasons. <laughs> Uh, so he agreed him and told Rosenstein to draft a memo, and uh, he said he wanted to receive it next mo- the next morning, first thing. Uh, so Hunt's notes uh, reflect that the president told Rosenstein to include the fact that Comey had refused to say Trump was not personally under investigation. Um, this is where it gets weird, because according to notes taken by senior, a senior DO- DOJ official of Rosenstein's description of his meeting with the president, the president said, put the Russia stuff in the memo. <laughs> And Rosenstein responded to that, um, saying the Russia investigation was not the basis of his recommendation. He was about the Hillary, handling of the Hillary stuff. So he did not think Russia should be mentioned. So the president told Rosenstein he would appreciate it if Rosenstein put it in the letter anyway. And when Rosenstein left the meeting, he knew that Comey was going to be fired. And he told DOJ colleagues that his own reasons for replacing Comey were not the president's reasons. Mm -hmm. So no, Rosenstein and Sessions didn't have an objection to the president firing Comey. But they did have an objection to him saying it had some, mm-hmm. something to do with Russia. That is where it becomes obstruction of justice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Makes sense that they would have an objection to that. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> That's yeah. good to know, I guess. His reasons aren't my reasons. Mm-hmm. And so on May 9th, Hunt delivered the letter from Sessions recommending Comey's removal and a memo from Rosenstein as well, addressed to the attorney general, titled uh, Restoring Public Confidence in the FBI. And McGahn recalled the president liked the DOJ letters and agreed they should uh, provide the foundation for a new cover letter from the president, accepting the recommendations to terminate Comey. And uh, notes taken by Donaldson on May 9th reflect the view of the White House Counsel's Office that the president's original termination letter should not see the light of day. (laughs) (laughs) And it would be better to offer no other reasons. So so he gets these two letters from Rosenstein and Sessions, and he wants to put a cover letter on it of his own. And they're like, no, 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 no. And don't... uh, don't that original letter we got to destroy it which you aren't allowed to do uh but i don't know what happened to it maybe he ate it uh (laughs) and and no other reasons for the firing other than what was in rosenstein and sessions memo but trump asked miller to draft a new termination letter and told him to put the russia stuff back in and mcgann and priebus and dylan objected to including that language but the president insisted and mcgann and priebus and the others perceived that language to be the most important part of the letter to trump so dylan made a final pitch that comey should be permitted to resign and not be fired, but the president <laughs> refused. Uh, so around the time the president's letter was finalized, Priebus summoned Spicer. That sounds funny. I summoned the... <laughs> Spicy. <laughs> like with a Ouija board. And, um, and also the press to the Oval Office, where they were told Comey had been terminated for the reasons stated in the letters by Rosenstein and Sessions. So to announce Comey's firing, the White House released a statement, which Priebus thought had been dictated by the president. In full, the statement read, Today... President Donald J. Trump informed the FBI Director James Comey he's been terminated and removed from office. President Trump acted based on the clear recommendations of both Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein and Attorney Jeff Sessions, General, Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Yeah, technically. <laughs> <laughs> and that evening, FBI Director Andrew McCabe was summoned to meet with the president at the White House, and the president told McCabe that he fired Comey because of the decisions Comey had made in the Clinton email investigation and for many other reasons, other reasons as well. And the president asked McCabe if he was aware that Comey had told the president three times that he was not under investigation. God, he's such a baby. (laughs) And the president also asked McCabe if people in the FBI disliked Comey and whether McCabe was part of the resistance that had disagreed with the Comey decisions in the Clinton investigation. 
Uh, McCabe told the president that he knew Comey had told the president he was not under investigation and that most people at the FBI felt positively about Comey and that McCabe worked very closely with Comey and was part of all the decisions that had been made in the Clinton investigation. And later that evening, uh, Trump told his communications team he was unhappy with the press coverage of Comey's termination and ordered them to go out and defend him. And the president also called Chris Christie, and according to Christie, uh, he said, I'm getting killed in the press over Comey's firing. Mm-hmm. I remember that. You included your dumbass letter on top of it, you dumb fuck. And the, and the president asked, what should I do? And Christie asked, did you fire Comey because of what Rod wrote in the memo? And the president responded, yes. And then Christie said the president should get Rod out there and have him defend the decision. Mm. And that night when the White House press office called the DOJ and said the White House wanted to put out a statement saying that it was Rosenstein's idea to fire Comey, Uh, Rosenstein told other DOJ officials he would not participate in putting out a false story. (laughs) The president then called Rosenstein directly and said uh, he was watching Fox News and the coverage had been great and that he wanted Rosenstein to do a press conference. And Rosenstein Rosenstein responded that this was not a good idea because if the press asked him, he would not tell uh, the truth that Comey's firing was not his idea. And Sessions also informed the White House Counsel's Office uh, that evening that Rosenstein was upset that his memorandum was being portrayed as the, reasons for Com- as the reason for Comey's termination. In an unplanned press conference late in the evening uh, of May 9th, Spicer told reporters, it was all Rosenstein. No one from the White House. It was DOJ. What did Rosenstein think it was going to go towards? He's just, uh, he's just a gullible dude, I guess. And because, you know, I mean, you hand in your letter and then the Trump puts his letter on top of it and releases it with all the Russia stuff in it, insists that the Russia stuff goes back in without consulting Rosenstein and then putting Rosenstein's name on it. He's going to yeah. be pissed. You I know? wonder if he could have retracted it, Rosenstein, like when he had a feeling like when they were going back and forth about it. He'd have been fired for sure. Oh, yeah. If, if, if he came out and said, you know, Rosenstein did everything he could to just not get fired. <laughs> Dude, if I was in his position... And someone told me to write up a letter and then he used it to fire the head of the FBI. I would resign immediately. And changed yeah. it? Right. Yeah. Totally. I'd yeah. resign. And then and asked I would say, you to go out and defend it. Like, mm, fuck off. <laughs> I would resign too. And I would say, here's why I'm resigning. I didn't put my name on this. He added this Russia stuff in later. This is obstruction of justice. Peace out. Yeah. Not yeah. only is it obstruction of justice, but it's also an egregious moral offense on another person's ca- like just personhood yes that's when rosenstein could have earned his snoop dag title right then and there yep but he blew it now it's too late i did yeah so i'll never have a cooking show with (laughs) yeah martha stewart he he could have evolved like snoop lion you know into a whole new level so spicy you know he's out there saying it was the doj it was not, not the white house all rosenstein and so that night and the next morning white house officials and spokespeople continued to maintain trump's decision to terminate comey that uh, was driven by the recommendations from from Rosenstein and Sessions, and 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 I don't know if Sessions was pissed. He probably just shut up by then because he was already mad at him for recusing himself. But uh, Rosenstein was pretty mad. And then on the top of page seventy one, the morning of May tenth, Trump met with Russian Foreign Minister Sergey Lavrov and Russian Ambassador Kislyak in the Oval Office. And we know about this not because our media was allowed in there; they weren't, but Russian state media reported on it. And they reported that during that May 10th meeting, the president brought up his decision to terminate Comey, telling Lavrov and Kislyak, I just fired the head of the FBI. He was crazy. A real nut job. I faced great pressure because of Russia. That's taken off. I'm not under investigation. Even though, uh, who was it? Bannon told him, you can fire the director of the FBI, but you can't fire the FBI. And Christie told him this is going to elongate the investigation, not shorten it. Here he is telling the Russians uh, the pressure's taken off. I'm not under investigation. Yeah. But he knows no Russians. What? But he knows no Russians. No, of course. He doesn't right. know any Russians. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, his pride will be the death of him. He didn't meet those guys until uh, that day. Just then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, he thinks he's smarter than everyone. Like, he's like, I just got to believe in myself and just stick to my story. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Believe in the ball. Throw yourself. Yeah. In theory, it sounds nice. But when you're Trump and you're an idiot, you know. It's, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Whatever, Trump. No one believes you. Uh, well, unfortunately, that there's is a not lot the of people case. Who yeah. it. That's really weird. That, yeah, I blame education. That I can't just say that. Yeah. Uh, so the president never denied making those statements, by the way, uh, to the Russians. And the White House didn't dispute the account. Instead, they issued a statement saying, by grandstanding and politicizing the investigation into Russia's actions, James Comey created unnecessary pressure on our ability to engage and negotiate with Russia. The investigation would have always continued, and obviously the termination of Comey would not have ended it, even though he said that to the Russians. <laughs> Once again, the real story is that our national security has been undermined by the leaking of private and highly classified information, not yeah. <laughs> by firing the FBI director that was investigating yeah. Russian interference. Let's focus on the snitch. Yeah, he's like a mobster, yeah. <laughs> like a gangster, he, he, you know? He is. He's like, the bigger issue is that I can't trust these people. <laughs> yeah, I need a loyalty. Yeah, these hoes ain't loyal, yeah, basically. <laughs> They're neutral term, right? I assume. <laughs> so Hope Hicks said that when she told the president about the reports uh, on his meeting with Lavrov, that he did not look concerned and said of Comey, <laughs> he's crazy. And when McGahn asked the president about the comments to Lavrov, the president said it was good that Comey was fired because that took the pressure off by making it clear he was not under investigation so he could get more work done. Not if you're the one that directed his firing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and everyone told you that that wouldn't end the investigation. And, and the same morning, um, May 10th, President called McCabe again, according to a memorandum McCabe wrote right after the call, because he's smart. The president asked McCabe to come to the White House to discuss whether the president should visit the FBI headquarters and make a speech. The president said he received hundreds of messages from FBI employees indicating their support for terminating Comey. Lie. He also told McCabe that Comey should not have been permitted to travel back to Washington, D.C. on the FBI's airplane after he had been terminated and that he did not want Comey in the building again, even to collect his belongings. <laughs> that Comey first has lie. left the building. Yeah. <laughs> um, that first lie, Sarah Sanders got off way too easy on yeah, for peddling. Yeah, and they talk about he. Uh, Mueller goes after her for that, too. Mm -hmm. And and McCabe decided to allow Comey to return on the FBI jet to Washington after he'd been terminated, which because mm -hmm. he was giving a speech at the L.A. Uh, FBI field office. And he's like, I let him get back on the plane because the plane had to come back to D.C. with all of his staff and all the FBI and the Secret Service. We were coming anyway, so yeah. we figured we'd give him a ride. When you get fired and you pack up your desk, you still get to walk out the same hallway you walked in. <laughs> you don't just get ejected out of your seat into the yeah. air. <laughs> walk of shame. Like, yeah. yeah. And that's not in the report, but I know that McCabe told uh, Trump that when he met with him. He's like, the plane had to come back, so I made the decision. <laughs> and he was mad about it. And, and so when McCabe met the president that afternoon, um, the president, without prompting, told McCabe that people in the FBI love Trump and estimated that at least 80% of the FBI voted for him and asked McCabe who he voted for in the 2016 presidential <laughs> election. And that afternoon, Sarah Sanders, as this is what you were getting at, spoke mm -hmm. to the president about his decision to fire Comey and then told reporters that Trump, the DOJ, and members of Congress had lost confidence in Comey. Uh, and most importantly, the rank and file of the FBI had lost confidence in their director. Uh, in response to questions from reporters, Sanders said that Rosenstein decided on his own to review Comey's performance and that Rosenstein decided on his own to come to the president on Monday, May 8th, to express his concerns about Comey. <laughs> Lies. And uh, when a reporter indicated that the vast majority of FBI agents supported Comey, Sanders said, look, we've heard from countless members of the FBI that say very different things. And follow. Yeah, to total. <laughs> 
And following that press conference, Sanders spoke to the president, who told her she did a good job and did not point out any inaccuracies in her comments. And Sanders told um, Mueller that uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders told Mueller that um, her reference to hearing from countless members of the FBI was a slip of the tongue. She would lie, a lie. And she also recalled that her statement in in a separate press interview that rank and file FBI agents lost confidence in Comey was a comment she made in the heat of the moment that was not founded on anything. Wow. That should always be like, you know, like on the little, what do they call it? The thing where the headlines are on the news where they put the, oh the Chiron the Chiron yeah mm-hmm. yeah that she just always put that when she's speaking like just quote that never forget that she said it was yeah. founded on nothing yeah because she always that's literally every time she speaks yeah so she admitted truth. to Mueller that she lied about that yeah yeah, yeah. Or just like her stage direction is always parentheses lying mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah just I don't want people Sarah to forget Sanders lying interior yeah, yeah, always. press room <laughs> Sanders lying <laughs> <laughs> cut to lying yeah it's just always in there. That's uh, such a bad quality to have, too, that when you get all flustered in a news conference, which you are n- never once supposed to be the coolest and calmest person, that's mm-hmm. presumably why you would be selected for that position, that you freak out and just lie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's why I like to go back and watch The West Wing, because she was the best uh, press conference holder in all the land, and I just wish that that was reality. Mm-hmm. Um, also, that same day, by the way, Sessions and Rosenstein spoke to McGahn separately each and expressed concern that the White House was creating a narrative that Rosenstein had inici- initiated the decision to fire Comey. And White House counsel's office agreed that it was factually wrong to say the Department of Justice had initiated Comey's termination. So White House counsel agreed. And McGahn asked attorneys in the White House counsel's office to work with the press office to correct the lies that, that Huckabee Sanders and Trump told. And the next day... Trump participated in an interview with Lester Holt. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. And this is the one where the president told, uh, well, before he went in the interview, the president told the White House counsel's office in advance of the interview um, that the communications team could not get the story right. So he was going on Lester Holt to get it right and say what really happened. Uh, That's a little fun piece that we didn't know because he just, because we know he went on Lester Holt and we know he admitted to obstruction of justice. We thought it was improv, yeah. But the fact that he told McGahn's office in advance of the interview saying, you guys messed up, you didn't get the story right, you're wrong, I'm right, I'm going to go on Lester Holt, I'm going to say what really happened. And during the interview, the president stated he made the decision to fire Comey before the president met with Rosenstein in sessions. And the president told Holt, I was going to fire regardless of recommendation. Right. And only coincidentally did Rosenstein just on his own accord decide to bring this letter to Trump right when he was also <laughs> going to fire him. Yeah. And then Rosenstein, you know, that that's what Trump told Holt. Like, actually, yeah. kind of really what happened. Trump's his worst enemy. But regardless of recommendation, I was going to fire Comey knowing there was no good time to do it. Uh, And in fact, when I decided to just do it, I said to myself, I said, you know, this Russia thing with Trump and Russia is a made up story. It's an excuse by the Democrats for having lost an election. They should have won. I love how he says I say to myself, too, because it just shows that he's trying to convince himself of the story. He's like, I look in the mirror and I'm like, you didn't do anything wrong. I tried to convince myself. I mean, I said to myself. Yeah. (laughs) Also, they that uh, an election they should have won. Is that an admission of his undeservedness? Yeah. Mm. Right. They should have won. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because we cheated. Uh, And in response to a question about whether he was angry with Comey about the Russia investigation, Trump said, as far as I'm concerned, I want that thing to be absolutely done properly. The president added that he realized his termination of Comey probably maybe will confuse people uh, with the result that it might even lengthen out the investigation. But he had to do the right thing for the American people. And Comey was the wrong man for the position. 
I think he got that length in the investigation bit from Chris Christie. Remember when yeah. Chris Christie told him that you can't shorten an investigation. At least he remembered. Yeah. You can only make it longer. And that probably stuck with him like, yeah, longer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, but I had to do it for the people. It wasn't for me. <laughs> uh huh. And the president described Comey as a showboat and a grandstander again and said the FBI has been in turmoil, said he wanted to have a really competent, capable director. And the president affirmed that he expected the new FBI director to continue the Russia investigation. Later that night, following the Lester Holt interview, Trump tweeted, Russia must be laughing up their sleeves. I don't know what that means. Oh, it's not an old-timey <laughs> thing that I thought. I just thought I was the only one that didn't get it. Watching it. Sense. I like that. As the U.S. <laughs> tears itself apart over a Democrat excuse for losing the election. Yeah, I don't know what laughing up their sleeves means. Yeah. I've never heard that. I've heard I've got nothing up my sleeve. Yeah, exactly. Okay. What laughing up hiding? a storm. It's a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing up their sleeves. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so Trump tweeted the next morning. Again, the story there was collusion between Russia and Trump uh, was fabricated by Dems as an excuse for losing the election. The president also tweeted, James Comey better hope there are no tapes of our conversations before he starts leaking to the press. And when James Clapper himself and virtually everyone else with knowledge of the witch hunt says there's no collusion, when does it end? So those are his tweets. <laughs> when will it stop? <laughs> Never, sir. Uh, oh, I can't believe I called him sir. Guys, we'll be right back in just a second. Hey, this is AG from Muller She Wrote, and I'm happy to announce that The Neighborhood Watch is back, and it's way more convenient and high-tech than it used to be. Remember neighbors meeting up, playing bridge, talking about things going on in the neighborhood, um, keeping each other safe, looking out for each other? Well, now uh, that The Neighborhood Watch is an app on your phone, and the app is called Neighbors, and it's by Ring, and that's the company behind those video doorbells. And with the Neighbors app, you can receive real-time safety alerts from your neighbors in your hood, and it helps you stay informed about what's going on. And it's completely free, by the way. You don't even need to own a Ring device. I downloaded the free app myself. I was able to set my neighborhood area using this really easy map filter where you just drag and drop little, like a little area that you want to, you know, be informed about. And so far, it's been great. I've gotten to know my neighbors a lot better. We've been able to recover lost pets. Uh, we found some mis- missing packages. And uh, we know if there's any safety alerts nearby. It's, it's really about neighbors helping neighbors. Last week, a bunch of packages seemed to be delivered to the wrong addresses. Uh, but thanks to the Neighbors app, we were able to figure out it was a group of kids swapping our packages. It was a prank. Good one. Uh, but we were able to get our packages back to the owners. And all was well in the hood again. So if you want to see what's going on in your neighborhood, text AGPOD to the number 555-888 to download the Neighbors app today. That's AGPOD to 555-888. Make your neighborhood safer today with the Neighbors app by Ring. You'll be glad you did. All right, guys, welcome back. It's time for my favorite part. (laughs) This is the analysis. This is where we go over the three pieces needed to prove or needed to, you know, uh, indict someone for criminal obstruction of justice. And the first of those three things is the obstructive act. So we're here on page 74 for this, if you're following along. And uh, Mueller says the act of firing Comey removed the individual overseeing the FBI's Russia investigation. The president knew Comey was personally involved in the investigation based on Comey's briefing of the Gang of Eight, Comey's March 20th, 2017 testimony about the investigation, and the president's one-on-one conversations with Comey. Firing Comey would qualify as an obstructive act if it had the natural and probable effect of interfering with or impeding the investigation. For example... If the termination would have the effect of delaying or disrupting the investigation or providing the president with the opportunity to appoint a director who would take a different approach to the investigation that the president perceived as more protective of his personal interests. So remember that because that's an either or. Both of those things don't have to be true. It doesn't have to disrupt the investigation and um, protect him. Allow the opportunity for a a friendly director to come in. Yeah. 
It's e- one, either of those things would, would do it. Nice. Yeah. And remember that because it's going to be important. Uh, I'd like to add here that Mueller was only investigating criminal conduct and not counterintelligence issues, and removing the head of the FBI not only impeded the investigation, or seemingly so, it might have impeded a future investigation by a future FBI director, but it negatively impacted national security because it could have impeded the investigation in Russian interference in our election. So we have to keep in mind there's probably a counterintelligence aspect to this, too. So relevant circumstances bearing on that issue include... Whether the president's actions had the potential to discourage a successor director or other law enforcement officials in their conduct of the Russia investigation, meaning firing Comey not only impeded his investigation, but could impede the future director investigating. Because obviously, if you fired Trump or if you fired Comey over the Russia thing, uh, that thing with Russia that was over my head, the next director isn't going to be so ready to continue the investigation, which could impede the investigation. Because they wouldn't want to risk getting fired, like getting settled into a position that they'll get, like, you know... Exactly. ...rejected from immediately. 100%. Interesting, yeah. And I didn't think of that. Um, It it wasn't just firing Comey that impeded or disrupted the investigation. It was was more that in firing Comey for the Russia thing, the next incoming FBI director... Will be conflicted. Well, wouldn't be conflicted, but wouldn't wouldn't want to continue the F- the investigation or at least not as robustly or leave the president out of it yeah yeah to keep the president happy so they could keep it's almost like job. damaged goods like tainted <laughs> yeah yeah before they get there and the president fired comey abruptly without offering him an opportunity to resign banned him from the fbi building and criticized him publicly calling him a showboat and claiming the fbi was in turmoil under his leadership and the president followed the termination with public statements that were highly critical of the investigation. For example, three days after firing Comey, Trump referred to the investigation as a witch hunt and when does it end? And the reason he's put, Miller, Mueller's putting this in there is because that taints any future FBI director. So these actions had the potential to affect a successor's direct, uh, successor director's conduct of the investigation. The anticipated effect of removing the FBI director, however, would not necessarily be to prevent or impede the FBI from continuing its investigation. As a general matter, FBI investigations run under the operational direction of the FBI personnel levels below the FBI director. And Bannon made a similar point when he told the president he could fire the director, but he couldn't fire the FBI. The White House issued a press statement the day after Comey was fired saying the investigation would have always continued and obviously the termination of Comey would not have ended it. In addition, um, in his May 11th interview with Lester Holt, the president stated he understood when he made the decision to fire Comey that the action might prolong the investigation. And the president chose McCabe to serve as an interim director, even though McCabe told the president he had worked very closely with Comey and was part of all the decisions in the Clinton investigation. (laughs) But Trump, uh, but didn't Trump also say that the firing... um, uh, that firing Comey took the Russia thing off. But, like, so he, I, what Mueller's getting at is no, firing him specifically doesn't impede the investigation because the FBI rolls on, but firing him taints future FBI directors, which does impede the investigation. He doesn't directly say it here, but he says, you know, well, this or this, this is real. Mm-hmm. I don't have evidence of this. You decide. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, what Mueller is saying here is there was an obstructive act. By coming out and, and criticizing Comey and firing him publicly mm-hmm. and calling him a showboat and a grandstander and calling the Russian investigation a witch hunt. Right. All goes to proof that it impeded the investigation because any future FBI director would be reluctant to engage in the investigative act. Absolutely. Like if he had fired him quietly, that'd be totally different. But the way that he fired him, it, yeah, implies obstruction. Yeah, because he brought it up in the context of Russia and the investigation. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? It is. Yeah. Are you saying that it would, uh, or are they saying that it would affect a future investigation because 
it's discouraging by future. Like, no, like so what's, like, what's exactly the reasoning? Okay, on that? so just firing Comey mm-hmm. doesn't impede the investigation because right. the FBI is made up of a zillion people. That right, investigation Presumably goes someone forward. would just continue on. But to put a new director to fire Comey, loudly tell everyone talk shit on him uh, mm-hmm. for the Russia investigation, right? right. And it, and all this, and that he's a showboat. Mm-hmm. The next FBI director is not go, could be tainted, mm-hmm. like Julissa said, right? As a yeah. So my question was that is it is the reasoning because then that person would be like, oh well, maybe this investigation is a sham, and I and I'm going to change now how I go forward with it. No, I think it would more be like I don't want to get fired, so I'm not gonna. That's the reasoning. Yeah. Okay. That's what I would think. Okay. We see it happening with other uh, other things, right? Like with these um, acting directors. I remember hear- reading about that somewhere, like someone who was in a position where someone else had been fired. Um, I, I forget the position, but it was definitely an acting one. And recently, too. It wasn't like Border Patrol. It was like some department where the person literally in charge is like afraid of the person that was fired before them. And that seems to be Trump's strategy. I got to come back with the source, but I think no, we can I know what you it. mean. And yeah, that, like Trump being like a dick and using the acting positions as a way to like threaten someone. Like, hey, see what happened to the last guy. Yeah, and not only that, and that's why people turn down these acting positions. Uh, but you know, a lot of because you you think, well, that guy got fired. Sessions got fired. You mm-hmm. know, but Barr, so Barr isn't going to do recuse himself from things like the Epstein investigation or things like um, the Mueller investigation. Yeah, for some reason he's more afraid of what Trump says about him publicly than He's afraid he'll get fired. The world. Yeah, but yeah. that's another weird thing, right? Is that why are they not more afraid of the public's opinion than Trump's? Like, why yeah. is Trump so Because they want that job. I guess yeah. so. That's it. They just wow. want the job. That I would, sucks. That would be so hard to prove in court, though, that someone would not proceed with the investigation out of fear because no one's going to come out and say, yeah, I'm scared. Like, that. that's... Or that's they circ- might, but you're right, it's rare. Yeah, yeah. And to answer your question, Mueller, says two things here. He says relevant circumstances bearing on that issue include whether the president's actions when he fired Comey had the potential to discourage a successor director or other law enforcement officials in their conduct of the Russia investigation. Mm -hmm. And then he also said those actions had the potential to affect a successor's director's conduct of the investigation. So you don't have to come out and say I'm scared. things then kind of. Right. But it's just the act of of firing him that way alone. Like the next director doesn't have to come out and say oh I'm I'm timid. It's just implied. I I think what he's saying is that there could be a hundred reasons uh, that the next director wouldn't want to correctly and thoroughly investigate the Russia investigation. Either he's scared of the public, he's scared of Trump, he's scared of getting fired, he thinks it's a hoax because Trump told it was, told him it was, it could, or her, it could be uh, any number of hosts of reasons. Mm-hmm. We, we don't know what that reason would be because we didn't, you know, uh, run into that, mm-hmm. um, but... Yeah, and since DOJ officials are so by the books, it would be hard to prove which one of those maybe they were falling victim to. Yeah, because then you have to go to intent again, and mm-hmm. they would definitely not yeah. do what Trump did. Right, right. Yeah. and if the whole reasoning behind them potentially not wanting to continue the investigation is because they want to keep their job, they sure as shit aren't going to come out and say, <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing the investigation because I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> it's You're like, totally yeah. right. No, yeah. they'll come out and say, we're, we're investigating, we're thoroughly moving it along, and behind the scenes they're just you know Falling circular apart. filing everything yeah. that comes to them you yeah. know like oh yeah this is great thanks for finding that and and none of it would ever come out because they either don't want to get fired or they're afraid or they think it's a witch hunt whatever it is yeah i think Mueller is saying here that it's not about just firing comey that would impede the investigation him being gone the investigation can go on mm-hmm. it's about a potential successive director mm-hmm. and and they could impede uh the investigation. So I sense. think I think there is an obstructive act here. And then in a nexus to proceeding, 
The nexus element would be satisfied by evidence showing that a grand jury proceeding or criminal prosecution arising from an FBI investigation was objectively foreseeable and actually contemplated by the president when he terminated Comey. And several (laughs) facts would be relevant to such a showing. At the time uh, the president fired Comey, a grand jury had not begun to hear evidence related to the Russia investigation. No grand jury subpoenas had been issued. On March 20th, however, Comey announced the FBI was investigating Russia including an assessment of whether any crimes were committed. And it was widely known that the FBI, as part of the Russia investigation, was investigating the hacking of the DNC computers, a clear criminal offense. And in addition, at the time the president fired Comey, evidence indicates the president knew that Flynn was still under investigation, criminal investigation, and could potentially be prosecuted despite the president's February 14th, 2017 request that Comey let the Flynn thing go. (laughs) Was it a Valentine's Day card? I think so. (laughs) And I love you. They, he put it on a, one of those little crunchy hearts. Yeah, let Flynn go. Let yes, Flingo. no, maybe. <laughs> yes, no, maybe. And on March 5th, on March 5th, the White House Counsel's Office was informed the FBI was asking for transition period records relating to Flynn, indicating the FBI was still actively investigating Flynn. So what we have so far is Mueller saying the president didn't think he was specifically under investigation, but he knew was that there was a broader FBI investigation. Uh, he knew that Comey... Um, testified saying that there is an investigation and Comey wouldn't say that Trump wasn't under investigation and not only that but Flynn was under investigation and that was all that was important to Flynn so or to Trump and the same day the president told advisors he wanted to call Dana Bente the acting attorney general for the Russia investigation to find out whether the White House or the president was being investigated and on March 31st the president signaled his awareness that Flynn remained in legal jeopardy by tweeting that Mike Flynn should ask for immunity before he agreed to provide testimony to the mm-hmm. FBI. And in late March, um, the president asked McFarlane to KT McFarlane to pass a message to Flynn, telling him the president felt bad for him and that he should stay strong, further demonstrating the president's awareness of Flynn's criminal exposure. So this is all that stuff that was in the Flynn, uh, stu- you know, um, obstruction of justice stuff, where he didn't really think that that was necessarily asking to let the Flynn go thing go. Doesn't seem like... That was an obstructive act, but he said, but keep in, put a pin in this for later. (laughs) And now it makes, it's relevant here because Flynn being under investigation is is the nexus to a criminal proceeding. Oh, okay, okay. And and then we have intent and you'll find out in this section why it was important um, that Trump knew that Flynn was under investigation and how that went to his intent of firing Comey. Mm-hmm. And it's it gets it gets cool. Substantial evidence indicates substantial evidence indicates that the catalyst for the president's decision to fire Comey was Comey's unwillingness to publicly state that Trump was not under investigation, despite the president's repeated requests to Comey to make such an announcement. And not just Comey, he asked everybody. And in the weeks leading up to Comey's May third Senate Judiciary Committee testimony, uh, Trump told McGahn it would be the last straw if Comey didn't set the record straight. Uh, But during his May 3rd testimony, Comey refused to answer the questions about whether the president was being investigated. And Comey's refusal angered the president, who criticized Jeff, (laughs) just calling him (laughs) Jeff now, for leaving him isolated on an island. You left me on an island. And two days later, the president told his advisors he had decided to fire Comey and dictated the letter to Stephen Miller that began with a reference to the fact that the president was not being investigated. So this was this this is Mueller's really driving this home, this Tell everyone I'm not investigated. Tell everyone mm-hmm. I'm not. Well, I greatly appreciate appreciate you informing me I'm not under investigation concerning what I've, you know, call a witch hunt. That's how that letter started mm-hmm. with the firing of Comey. And the president later asked Rosenstein to include the Russia stuff in his memorandum, put it back in there. 
uh, and to uh, say that Comey had told the president he was not under investigation, and the president's final termination letter included a sentence at the president's insistence and against McGahn's advice, and that pissed off Rosenstein, stating that Comey had told the president on three separate occasions he was not under investigation. And the president's other stated rationales of why he fired Comey are not similarly supported by the evidence. So let me read that again. The president's other stated rationales for why he fired Comey are not similarly supported by the evidence. So basically they narrowed it down to, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so so the termina- termination letter the president sent to Miller, uh, sorry, the termination letter the president and Stephen Miller prepared in, in New Jersey cited Comey's handling of the Clinton email investigation, and the president told McCabe he fired Comey for that reason. But the facts surrounding Comey's handling of the Clinton email investigation were well known to the president at the time he assumed office. <laughs> And the president had made it clear to both Comey and the president's senior staff in early 2017 he wanted Comey to stay on as the director. Nice. Facts. Yeah. Well, evidence says you lied um, (laughs) about that. And so uh, Rosenstein articulated his criticism of Comey's handling of the Clinton investigation after the president had already decided to fire Comey, according to the president, when we talked to Lester Holt. And the president's draft termination letter also stated that the morale at the FBI was at an all-time low. Sanders told the press after Comey's termination, the White House had heard from countless FBI agents who lost confidence mm-hmm. in Comey. Countless. You can't even count them. They don't exist. Because yeah. they don't exist. <laughs> Zero. That's what countless means. Uh, but the evidence does not support those claims. So here's where Mueller just straight out says the president lied. Mm-hmm. The president told Comey at their January 27th dinner that the people of the FBI really like him, uh, like Comey. Right. Uh, no evidence suggests the president heard otherwise before deciding to terminate Comey. And Sanders acknowledges to investigators that her comments were not founded Mm -hmm. on anything. So Mm -hmm. that's all bullshit. This is where where Mueller says, all of his other reasons are fake and I can prove it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is what he's doing right now. (laughs) You don't want to try to lie to Mueller (laughs) in any situation. (laughs) Totally not. Especially with all the other stupid bullshit you've said. Yeah, his wife can't even try. Yeah, (laughs) He's like, see, at this time on this day, (laughs) you said this. Uh, I can't even have to remember. I, like I can't imagine having to remember all of his lies. No and he, way. he trips up on it too all the time. He'll. That's I think why he flip flops so much. I think he forgets his sure, lies. Sure, he's human, but he's the best. <laughs> and Mueller also considered uh, why it was important to the president that Comey announced publicly that he was not under investigation. It was so important to Trump. And some evidence indicates the president believed that the erroneous perception he was under investigation harmed his ability to manage domestic and foreign affairs, particularly dealings with Russia. The president told Comey that the cloud of the Russia business was making it difficult to run the country. The president told Sessions and McGahn that foreign leaders had expressed sympathy to him for being under investigation. and The dictators? Yeah. <laughs> and that perception he was under investigation was hurting his ability to address foreign relations issues. The president complained to Rogers that the thing with the Russia thing with the Russians was messing up was messing up his ability to get things done with Russia and told Dan Coats, I can't do anything with Russia. There's things I want to do with Russia. Uh, no, with trade, with ISIS, but they're all over me with this. And the president also may have viewed Comey as insubordinate for his failure to make clear in a May 3rd testimony the president was not under investigation. Other evidence, however, indicates the president wanted to protect himself from an investigation into his campaign. The day after learning about the FBI interview with Flynn, the president had a one-on-one dinner with Comey uh, against the advice of senior aides and told Comey he needs Comey's loyalty. And this is the part where Mueller said that while the loyalty ask itself might not have been an obstructive act, that it plays into intent in firing Comey to protect himself from the investigation. So he's just so amazing that it comes up in these previous potential obstructive acts. And that in itself is not an obstructive act. But when you put it in the context of firing Comey and tainting a future director, 
and that your intent is, then, you know, that it comes back under to prove intent on another obstructive act or a larger obstructive act. Yeah, That's these are nice amazing. and versatile pieces of evidence. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Use them again and again. Yeah. <laughs> They're like wardrobe separates. <laughs> when the president, we could do one of those fashion plates. Things yeah, it was where like it, different top, different bottom. Yeah, obstructive <laughs> act nexus of, yeah, and you just mix them. That'd That's be great. Cool. So uh, when the president later asked Comey for a second time to make public he was not under investigation, he brought up loyalty again, saying, because I've been very loyal to you, very loyal, we have that thing, you know. And the president learned of Sessions' recusal. The president was furious and said he wanted an attorney general who would protect him the way uh, Kennedy and Holder protected their presidents. And uh, Trump also said he wanted to be able to tell his attorney general who to investigate. That's scary. Mm -hmm. In addition, the president had motive to put the FBI's Russia investigation behind him. The evidence does not establish that the termination of Comey was designed to cover up a conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russia. As described in Volume 1, the evidence uncovered in the investigation did not establish that the president or those close to him were involved in the charged Russian computer hacking or active measures conspiracies, or that the president otherwise had unlawful relationships with any Russian officials. But the evidence does indicate that throughout uh, that a thorough FBI investigation would uncover facts about the campaign and the president personally that the president could have understood to be crimes or that would give rise to personal and political concerns. So there's your intent. And although the president publicly stated during and after the election he had no connection to Russia, the Trump organization through Michael Cohen was pursuing the proposed Trump Tower Moscow project. There's something for everything. <laughs> Um, through June 2016, and candidate Trump was repeatedly briefed on the progress of those efforts. And in addition, some witnesses said that Trump uh, redacted, redacted. <laughs> I've had one of those in a while. I know. Uh, at a time when public reports stated that Russian intelligence officials were behind the hacks and that Trump privately sought information about future WikiLeaks releases. And I think Stone's under that redacted stuff. And more broadly, multiple witnesses described the president's preoccupation with press coverage of the Russian investigation and his persistent concern that it raised questions about the legitimacy of his election. There's that sad dick energy again. <laughs> uh, those redacted bits, like I said, I think they're stone uh, discussing future WikiLeaks releases with Trump. Mm -hmm. uh, I know Gates uh, witnessed it at one point, and I think Cohen did too. And that was mentioned in volume one. And finally, the president and the White House aides initially advanced a pretextual reason for the press and the public for Comey's termination. Uh, in the uh, immediate aftermath of the firing, the president dictated a press statement suggesting he had acted based on DOJ recommendations, and the White House press officials repeated that story, but the president had decided to fire Comey before the White House solicited those recommendations, and although the president ultimately acknowledged that he was going to fire Comey regardless of the DOJ recommendations, he did so only after DOJ officials made it clear to him that they would resist the White House's suggestion that they had prompted the process that led to Comey's termination. And the initial reliance on a pretextual justification could support an inference that Trump had concerns about providing the real reason of the firing, although the evidence does not resolve whether those concerns were personal, political, or both. So there's another piece of evidence towards intent. He, he lied about the reasons uh, for firing Comey because he knew that um, that the evidence does not resolve whether those concerns were personal or political. But he 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 hit. You don't hide a reason. You don't lie about something unless you have you know that it's right. wrong, and that proves intent, consciousness of guilt. Exactly. So intent, I think, was established. So this, I think, is our first big whopper. Mm -hmm. uh, of, I like this part of obstruction of justice because it meets all three. Um, criteria. We have the obstructive act of firing Comey, not because it would stop the Russia investigation at the FBI, but because it could interfere and impede the investigation because a future FBI director would be reluctant. 
And then, of course, we have the Nexus 2 uh, proceeding, and yeah. that mm-hmm. is the Flynn investigation. Oddly, but it works, right? Oh, yeah. And then uh, the intent, and there were like six different mm-hmm. reasons for intent in it's there. It's incredible. Yeah. I hate to be cynical here, but all of these are conceivable things. Not they, they still would have to be held up through an actual impeachment proceeding. And I don't know if they will, because I think they're too hard to prove. I'm like traumatized by the threshold that investigators need to breach and meet before they actually charge someone. But he has all this evidence. Yeah, but some of it is like, like you would have to, if that's the case, then he would 100%, they they like would go to impeachment right now, I think. I think they know that it's not going to be that easy. They're not going to be able to just be like, look at this, here it is. People are going to make counter arguments. Well, no, maybe, you know, it's conceivable that he was thinking something else when he said this and you can't prove that that is a, you know, recognition of his own guilt and his own guilty consciousness. Yeah, they, see, I, yeah, see, I disagree. Yeah? Yeah, because all the evidence is here and then all the supporting evidence, this is just the report and a summary. There's all the underlying evidence and documentation. All of this is noted. Every single sentence in this has a footnote by it, either from a testimony or from a document or from an email or from a text message or from a judiciary or a a testimony, a congressional testimony, or from what Mueller got from 302s. And he lays it all out in each, you know, three of these steps. Now, I'm not a lawyer. We're not lawyers. No. And so as I'm reading this, I don't think that first obstructive act meets all three criteria. I didn't think the second one did. I do think this third one does based on him saying the word substantial evidence to prove. And and you don't only have to look at this, but you have to look at this. And here's how I proved this so that oh, that meets that. And then this and that is this and Flynn. Yep. Oh, uh, Nexus. And that is this. And so I see it's all here. Right. And we need Congress people to see this, too. Is that the whole point of Mueller laying this out is so that people can be like, oh, here's one. If the net like crux of their impeachment proceeding is going to be an obstructive act. Yeah. OK. But probably not the only. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obstruction of justice in in the Mueller report here could be a couple of articles impeachment or one article of impeachment. There's probably 10 other ones Mm -hmm. that have nothing to do with obstruction of justice in the Mueller investigation. Yeah. Okay. Like racist. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Congress, maybe, but because they're congressmen and and, but they do have lawyers, but it it is evidence. Now, Mm -hmm. whether or not the Senate the Senate doesn't have to convict based on e- even if there's 100% evidence, even mm-hmm. if there's a literal smoking gun. They can still vote against it. Yeah, they can right. not hear it. Right. But once Trump leaves office in 2020, mm-hmm. 2021, uh, and somebody else wants to bring these charges against him as a private citizen, all the evidence is here. And this would be an open and shut case. That's why those thousand U.S. prosecutors said. <sighs> I hope so. Because, well, I mean, take the if you don't take my word for it, take the word of a thousand former U.S. prosecutors. No, I'm not. I'm not denying that I think that that all lays everything out as it should be laid out. I just don't trust that the court proceedings would go the way that we want them to because they haven't all the way up until this point in a lot of other cases. Too. You mean with the Senate voting in 2024? No, like if he did get charged when he leaves the presidency or something. Oh, like what I see. court proceedings? I when tr- if Trump left and they charged him for any, and indi- tried to indict him for any of these. You no, know, but what, court, tr- like what court, what court proceedings? I'm asking Jordan, what mm-hmm. court proceedings like have made you doubt? So I shouldn't say court proceedings, but for example, Mueller not being able to come up on enough evidence to have more information in the Mueller report that would be laid out just like that because it doesn't rise to the threshold. I guess my point is. It seems like there's a threshold that's something we can all agree upon that is a lot higher than we all would have hoped 
because it seems so clear as day. And I'm like, like traumatized by that. Like why Mueller didn't indict or just that he... Because he couldn't indict. No, like in other ways when he couldn't find, like in volume one, when he couldn't find the evidence oh, that was like, necessary uh, for, was too for something. Exactly. To commit a crime. Exactly. Stuff like that. Right. And a difference, I think, personally, and I could be totally wrong, is that in volume one, he said, we did not have sufficient evidence to bring criminal charges. He made that decision. Right. And in volume two, he says, we can't exonerate the president for obstruction of justice. Yeah. And he refused to say that he committed obstruction of justice and he refused to indict him for obstruction of justice. And so you're at a, you're, you, you just have a bunch of information. Uh, uh, and we, you know, we're all sitting here wondering, is this enough? Right. I think that uh, the first one and the second one wouldn't be enough to convict mm-hmm. and uh, and maintain. I think this third one would, but again, I'm not a law professor. Yeah, I um, hope. I mean, I hope so. I'm 100% not thinking. I don't think it's enough based on my limited knowledge of how the law works and the justice system. I guess, but just I'm truly afraid in my gut well, that even though a- it seems like it should be open and shut, it's not because there's a lot of stuff. In general, that seems like it should be open and shut. It seems open and shut that if the president goes and says, I'm going to grab her by the pussy, that he wouldn't be elected. Like, there's there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't make sense. I know that's a different example outside of the justice system. but I know what you mean. And and plus, we just have this overall distrust in the Department of Justice right now because Barr is at the head of it. Uh, yeah. And so, I, and like when they shut down the SDNY case um, into the hush money payments, seemed like an open and shut case. Right. And that got shut down. Right. So maybe there's an example. Yeah. Or like, I guess going back to the whole, you know, disappointment in court proceedings, Manafort sentencing, for example, something like that, which I know is different. Sentencing, right? <laughs> right. But in in general, I just don't, I'm afraid justice will not be served. That's I, all I'm saying. I'm I not totally making a coherent argument. This is strictly a gut no, feeling. No, and I totally get it. The 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 reservoir of trust is empty. Yeah. And uh, and I mean, let me try to inject a little bit of hope here, though. When we throw him out of office in 2021, when when we have a blue avalanche, uh, we will get a new Department of Justice head. Yeah. We'll get a new Attorney General. And uh, we've got some amazing attorneys general uh, at states. And I think that uh, based on what I understand from the, you know, what, 900-something, whatever, former U.S. attorneys who said, not all of these instances, but certainly at least five or six of them, I can't remember what they were saying, six of them are things that I would go to trial with because I am confident that you would be able to obtain and maintain a conviction in a Mm -hmm. court of law. So maybe after that, it's a little bit better. But as far as impeachment goes, right. this is well meets the criteria for an impeachment yeah, article. Yeah, but the Senate just won't go for the it. The Senate's not going to go for it. Yeah. So, and, and even if they did go, they're not going to remove him. You need right. 67 votes to remove him, even if they brought it into the Senate. Yeah, that's kind of, I guess, also another thing I was sort of hinting at is let's entertain the idea that the Senate would themselves entertain that this may be enough evidence for him to be impeached. I'm afraid that they even at that point they're going to look at it and they're because they're going to have to give a reason for why they would look at what the House brought them and say no and vote against it. They're going to have to give reasons for that. And I'm wondering what their reasons are going to be if that happens. And I feel like it's going to be stuff like, eh, well, it's just not clear enough and well, shit like that, that. would be uh, inconsistent with the law, but they do have the right to do it. Right. And that's what makes it different from a judicial proceeding mm-hmm. when it's an impeachment proceeding. So, yeah, I totally feel you on that. Yeah. But I uh, 
am hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you totally uh, blow me away with confidence on that statement there. No, I I understand. We've I've tweeted it out. We've lost we've lost faith in in the Department of Justice uh, because of Bill Barr. And the only way to get it back is to get a new president and get Barr out of there. Yeah. And I think me floundering to make like a, a good defense of my non-hope. Um, it's like I'm like a regular citizen. I'm way more informed than a regular citizen, actually. And even still, I'm just like, it just feels like it's not going to turn out well. That's basically all I'm saying. And that seems like... But we did come up with a good example with the F- the SDNY going dark on the hush money payment investigation into the Trump organization. There were signed checks. Yeah, totally. Signed checks mm-hmm. and, and misappropriated funds that went to a campaign. Right. And then there's the FEC voting against looking into torsion and uh, Butina further with the NRA. That's what that's something else that's happening during like right now when, when we're recording this. And it just it, it, you know, as soon as Barr got in there, it just all started falling apart. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's just it, whether it's impeachment in the Congress or if it's the Senate or if it's the Department of Justice, I think we just have a real hard time right now trusting the justice system. And that's what Joyce Vance was writing about. Yeah. In her time yeah, article. Definitely. Especially if you don't have the privilege of knowing exactly how all these things work and knowing how maybe, you know, what we're talking about is cut and dry enough. There's just that lingering sentiment that I think I'm going to have for, like you said, until the whole fucking department changes. Yeah. And is cleaned up. Yeah. And replaced. Good point. Good point. But I am 100% confident that he broke the law. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what gets done about it, it sure feels that way. Is uh, totally up in the air. But yeah. uh, with with this evidence laid out in this way, I am 100%. This is our this is the first one. It, it could be the second, but for me and my limited understanding of how the law works, this is the first slam dunk with the way that he spelled it out. So mm-hmm. anyway, guys, um that is the section on the Comey firing and all of the shit surrounding it. And next time, we're going to go over sections E and F in part 15 um, of our special coverage. Sorry, part 15. What's part 15? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's part two. Uh, section two, E and F. <laughs> there there we go. Of our special coverage. The page is, page is 78 to 94. Just go there. And it's about Trump's efforts to fire Mueller and his efforts to curtail his investigation. I bet these are going to be slam dunks, too. Mm-hmm, very juicy. Yeah, because Mueller was like, hey, bro, I'm investigating you firing me. Mm-hmm. Trippies. <laughs> yeah, very meta. <laughs> I wonder if that, if you'd have, and you, you, you can't recuse yourself. <laughs> no. I am, the, I am the main witness in this. I'm, I'm interested to see how he sorts it out. <laughs> Any final thoughts, guys? No, just excited for more Mueller report. This is actually really cool, like breaking it down, even though we've talked about a lot of these topics before, like hashing it out or rehashing it always is nice. And I wonder, like, actually, which Congress people are listening, maybe like because they should be at least listening to some of these versions of the report. Yeah. Even like the regular audible uh, one. I wonder, like, I don't know. Hey, staffers, what's up? Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, it's fun. I learn a lot. Uh, and also terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know what my sad feelings are now reminiscent of? Uh, the 2018 election when I was discouraged by the results because I wanted there to be just a ridiculously large wave. Uh, like, And it was. But because the context of everything but like you is the so Senate fucked too, up. And, right. Yeah. Because everything else is so messed up and there's such a huge hill to climb for us to get back to a place that is right. It, it's hard to like celebrate what you just laid out which is a pretty big victory 
in terms of what he found, at least, and what Congress could take and run with and what another office can take and run with once he gets out of the president's the presidency. But yeah, yeah I know you're like, so okay. it's like I'm losing sight of what's in front of us, which is objectively a good thing. Yeah, because I, don't blame I, I feel sucks. it too because we, we we got 42 seats in the largest um, vote uh, uh, disparity between Republicans and Democrats since Watergate, mm-hmm. and we were all like, "Oh man, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah," like not good enough because. For example, where we're at right now, because we don't have the Senate, we can't go anywhere with impeachment. You can't right. put in any gun control and legislation. Nothing's yeah. getting passed. Nothing's happening. We can't get election security implemented. Right. We can't get. I think. I think he's sitting on 128 bills, Mitch McConnell. Right wow. now. Oh my god. Yeah, and you say when Trump gets out of office, it's some people think if he's like the first president I can think of where people are like, I wonder if he'll leave. <laughs> like, is, has it been any other one? Maybe Nixon, right? No, 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 no right? Nixon resigned. Nobody he did. Nobody Exactly. Ever thought, nobody ever thought he would. I wonder right before no he resigned. No one's ever been such a, sorry to interrupt. No, you're, you're right on point with that. Like, he's so different from everyone else, right? Yeah, no one's ever been, like, such a demagogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or even joked on multiple occasions about a forever president or a third term. Yeah, he's like, oh, it pisses off the liberals. Just keep telling them Trump 20 forever, you know? Like, he keeps oh. saying that joke. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But I think deep down, he's just trying to, like, lube that truth, you know? Like, yeah. that's one of their strategies, yeah. We thought he was joking about buying Greenland. And then, no, nope, yeah. he was <laughs> fucking serious. And he canceled his goddamn meeting right. with Greenland because they said, we're not selling you Greenland. Yeah, the fact that he's president, thats I will never underestimate him because I thought his campaign was a joke. I think he i think he likes us to not know when he's serious and when he's joking. It works yeah. in his favor. Yeah. Definitely. But then the objective truth, going back to the election and this, is that we are in a better spot now than we would have been had it gone worse. <laughs> Which point. is the most obvious statement yeah, in the world. We're, we're resisting. That gives me hope. But yeah, the world is going through a wave of, of yeah. all, you know, Boris Johnson is like or, a worse Trump and... Right, he or just got elected. Yeah, no, yeah, elected is a, tra- a strong yes, term. Seriously. That's a very good point. Yeah, but like, <laughs> imagine, imagine if Mueller like didn't, or if he never went on Lester Holt or something. Just mm-hmm. if these key pieces of evidence that led to him being able to write such like a cogent argument, you know? Yeah. Um, also, like, what if Trump was smart? Yeah, like, it, yeah, it could be worse. Trump could be smart. We might not be yeah. so unhappy right now. Well, if I he think, wasn't yeah. such an idiot. I think Boris yeah. Johnson actually is like a smart Trump because I heard that he like messes up his hair on purpose before he goes on stage. No, I, it could be a rumor, but Sex I, hair. I, I just heard from someone who's like, I just political nerd, but you know, it just seemed like a weird thing to make up. But he was just like, hey, yeah, apparently, emo kids do that. Yeah, trying to give the impression of like, oh, I'm a, you know, are emo slob. kids still a thing? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, there's a few of them still hanging like, in there. Oh my still god, sad. so 2009. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, even if it's not a strategy it may give the impression that he's a slob but in reality he may be smarter than that so it could be an unintentional oh we'll thing. always we'll always wonder like was it on purpose mm-hmm. uh, is he actually an idiot yeah right? that's yeah. a sad thing to think of a prime minister <laughs> <laughs> or, a president. or a president yeah mm-hmm. yeah so guys we will catch you next time and uh keep keep the hope alive mm-hmm. uh i know everything seems kind of dreary um but like I said, justice, the wheels of justice grind slowly, but they grind fine. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. someone once said. I can't remember who. I do like your point, though, about how by the time he would be getting charged, fingers crossed, when he's out of office, it would be an entirely different DOJ. And that would 
Hopefully be better. Assuage my we might feelings. have Kamala Harris as an attorney general. I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> Why doesn't the whole like Democratic candidate, like all, all of them get together and become the administration? Like, that usually just... happens. Oh, good. That happens good. a lot. Glad to hear it because I'm we hopeful. We got Ben Carson on Yang the, could be um, commerce. The... Yeah. Yeah, it'd be great. Um, <laughs> Marianne is, could just make up. A... No. <laughs> Her own special Unless department. she, no. No? I'm mad at right now. We're, we broke up. That's fair. Uh, but you know what? She'll get through it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. good She doesn't need pills or anything <laughs> to get through it. She can just do it. Yeah. Because she can dream She's it. a very tricky character. I don't know. <laughs> We're fighting. Uh, and she doesn't care. All right. Uh, so we will see you next time. Please read pages 78 to 94. It's going to be a little bit of a longer one, but we'll get through it pretty quick because it's it's really sort of two sections that I think... Could have been one section, but probably not. Mueller knows best. I will see you guys next week. Please take care of yourselves. Please take care of each other. I've been A.G. I've been Jaleesa Johnson. I've been Jordan Coburn. And this is Mueller She Wrote. Mueller She Wrote is produced and engineered by A.G. with editing and logo design by Jaleesa Johnson. Our marketing consultant and social media manager is Sarah Lee Steiner. And our subscriber and communications director is Jordan Coburn. Fact-checking and research by AG, and research assistance by Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. Our merchandising managers are Sarah Lee Steiner and Sarah Hirschberger Valencia. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is MullerSheWrote.com. They might be giants have been on the road for too long. Too long. And they might be giants aren't even sorry. Not even sorry. And audiences like the shows too much. Too much. And now they might be giants are playing their breakthrough album Flood. All of it. And they still have time for other songs. They're fooling around. Who can stop They Might Be Giants and their liberal rock agenda? Who? No one. This ad was paid for with somebody else's money. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. 
expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in an Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th. Or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.